When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Welcome to How to Cope. Every episode, writer Becky Howard, that's me, and my friend psychotherapist Lucy Clyde will be talking about how we can look after our mental health during the coronavirus crisis and beyond. Because whatever type of pandemic you're having, it's hard on all of us. So let's try and get through it the best way we can by talking. This week, we're talking about how to hold on to hope. Yeah, no, I'm fine. How about you? I'm fine. Um, so I have really cheered myself up this week. How did you do that? I did it. It's, it's, it's called spending money, spending pointless money on yourself. And I haven't done it in so long because obviously we haven't been able to go to any shops and do little treat treat things for ourselves there. Um, but I bought myself some really nice studs, some really cool earring studs. Oh, wow. And they arrived super quick, and I rushed them up, and they were all wrapped up like they were gifts, you know, like you'd give it to someone, like a present. So I just gave it to myself. Oh. And <laughs> here you go, me. And I, Congratulations. Yeah. And I put them in, and I was really cheered up for for that afternoon because it felt a bit naughty actually it felt like you know it was really unnecessary to buy myself a pair of um, of nice studs but maybe it was necessary in some ways what do you think oh I think I think it probably was I mean I think that you know it's funny isn't it how this this whole thing has got us thinking in a different way about what constitutes necessary and unnecessary and how how something that you might think yeah no that's you know yeah that's nice I might get that has become a sort of uh, an unthinkable frivolity I think it's fine because if if you add up the you know many thousands of pounds I've saved on coffees in the last however many months well I'm sure it's not that much but it's a lot right that I haven't been spending on on working out of cafes then I could probably buy myself many more earrings well you could you could and then you would have and then and then in a year's time you would be able to look back on your corona earring collection. <laughs> I'll be like Imelda Marcos <laughs> and have like a massive diamond stash <laughs> also this stuff has to go somewhere you know this kind of this desire for things to be okay or for things to be normal or for things to yeah. kind of feel all right we it, it, it lands somewhere we channel it somewhere and I think earrings is a very very harmless channel for it okay have you have you spent anything have you done any little kind of treaty fun things for yourself I have I really have actually yeah go yeah. on well you know um retail's Retail's not been doing so well recently, and that's meant that <laughs> prices on the things have dropped. And I have to say, I've brought myself a few. I've brought myself a few new dresses. 
Um, Ooh. On sale. I know, I know. So I am now all dressed up with nowhere to go. Literally. <laughs> literally, literally all dressed up with nowhere to go. So I've got a couple of really nice new things. I'm thinking that's, but again, to me, it felt hopeful. It felt like I am looking post pajamas. And it feels like a really hopeful thing because it feels to me like one day in the maybe not too distant future, I will I will be dressed up and there may be somewhere to go. So you're ma- it's almost like you're making a promise to yourself, aren't you? It's, it's yeah. a little a little promise for yeah. the future that these these nice dresses will get an outing. And like you said, it, it was hopeful. And that actually is that's another amazing seamless segue that we have we have achieved because that's what we're going to try and cover off today isn't it um is how to have hope how to have hope and faith in this time because you know we've talked about all the I suppose so far we've we've talked about a lot of the mental health things that have been hard to deal with yes um and some have been more serious than others um but they've all kind of been the the tougher end of the spectrum haven't they yeah and, you know, obviously things haven't been all terrible, but they are overall pretty hard right now, pretty difficult to deal with. And but we can't all constantly feel desperate and down about things. We have to have hope. And I suppose my first question to you is, how can we create hope when sometimes or some days things just feel totally hopeless? Yeah, it's tough, isn't it? Because I think hopelessness is really, is really, really biting now. Um, And I think, you know, we've been, there's been such a trajectory with all of this. And I think that it is very, very, very hard to mobilise hope at the moment. And so if people are feeling hopeless, well, my God, I totally get that. Because it's really, really hard. And, and I think it's a very legitimate feeling as well. I don't, you know, I'm not a big believer in, sort of turning in in trying to pretend that you're not having difficult thoughts or feelings I think I tend to think that sort of that's saving them up for later really uh so it's far better to just allow them to flow through to know that actually do you know what today I'm having a day where I just I am feeling absolutely hopeless and I think unfortunately I think that's kind of inevitable right now I'm not sure there's too much getting around that but big but big 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 one or maybe an and instead of a but but and there will be a point where the hopelessness shifts a bit where we feel the clouds above us sort of thinning slightly that it's not all gray that maybe there's a glimmer of white or a glimmer of blue and that's that's what's really really important is that we're able to engage with the fact that actually this isn't hopeless um we feel it as hopeless sometimes and we experience it as hopeless but feelings while they're very important information aren't always facts and it's really easy to conflate the two particularly now when we don't have very much real interaction with the outside world it's very easy in that sense to find information where in the in the papers on social media that supports a viewpoint if you're feeling crap and you're feeling a bit hopeless about the state of the world or or your future or whatever it is it's very easy now to access information that will just confirm that and oh, make yeah. you feel more hopeless and that actually everything's gone to hell in a handcart, blah, 
you know, everything's rubbish. And that nothing will ever, ever be okay again. You know, have you ever had that thing where you've had a, where you've you've been unwell or you've had a really stinking cold or you've been so tired that you almost lose sight of the fact that actually you'll be okay in a couple of days? Like, what you need to do is go home and have a rest. Have you ever had that? I have. Yeah, I've had it when you have those, um, do not want to go into detail, those horrific uh, vomiting bugs where you know you lie down on the cool cool tiles of the bathroom floor and you think I will never feel well again yeah this is I'm gonna be finished off by this so yeah yeah, and and obviously within 48 hours you're fine absolutely fine right so yeah I think I think that's a really useful analogy because I think that's an experience (laughs) and disgusting and revolting but you know life right I mean it's not like we haven't all been there so it's fine um Mm. but I think that is the thing is you know how do we where we may be coming out of the hopelessness a bit how do we orientate ourselves you know what point are we steering it's about finding a point to steer yourself towards I think sometimes and finding something to hold on to that you can steer yourself towards because if you just go back into the same information that as you said you know the information that just feeds your own hopeless narrative if you just you will end up in a horrible horrible spiral which isn't going to serve you it isn't going to help you survive this in with your mental health intact and your relationships intact and you know I guess that's the goal right is that we have to survive this physically but actually really we all have to get through this with our mental health in reasonable shape so how do we then steer ourselves towards that outlook how do we steer yeah. ourselves towards that in, in, a, in an actual realistic way Ra- you know because we can't all switch off reality can we and pretend that everything is fine and convince ourselves we're living in a different time like <laughs> oh, 2019 that's a really thank you for bringing that in because that, that is really really important it's not about being um blindly optimistic and going la 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 everything's fine because you know clearly it really isn't um but there is something about holding on to finding facts that support a different narrative and that maybe that different narrative is something like it's not all hopeless or things can be a bit more okay than they are now. I'm not suggesting that we find a narrative that involves, you know, unicorns and sunshine and endless rainbows, because that's clear, that's madness of a different kind. Um, <laughs> very appealing. I, I would go there if I could, but, you know, no, I, I, it's, it's, that, that's, not, that's not advisable either. I think it's a useful thing to think about, you know, the star that we want to use to steer ourselves. And what is that? You know, so is it that there are actually some fairly uh, hopeful news stories buried amongst there, which are things like Europe is beginning to open up. And I, you know, I find that incredibly hopeful. And I also think that as awful as the daily death rate count is, and it, it is, it's, it's a horrible, horrible, horrible set of figures to engage with. They're now really sharply in decline. Yeah, so it's it's that thing, isn't it? It's just looking at that chart sometimes and going, this is going in the right direction, as long as it continues. Yeah, as long as it continues. And it feels like it's taking a billion years, but it is going in the right direction. And again, that's where it's quite useful to look at other countries, because actually other countries at the moment anyway are following a similar pattern. Well, you know, obviously everyone's got that whole thing of wanting immediately to move to New Zealand um, because they now are corona free and they have the coolest leader in the entire world 
and we're all wildly yeah. jealous of them in the you know handshaking hugging sharing knives and forks whatever it is they're able to do now freely I mean but actually I mean I tell you what the problem I have at the moment with with accessing hope and, and holding yeah. on to it so I you know give the New Zealand example oh. I can look at New Zealand and go wow that's incredible they are through it they're really through it obviously they're a different a different country and then that's where I start to then, my, then when my hope starts to disintegrate is because you go oh well they're far less um uh concentrated population wise you know they're all really spread out there's loads of room there um they've got arguably a better leader uh they've had better leadership through this and then I start to feel a bit well we're no way gonna emulate that because we're cocking up left right and center so we're just gonna live with this for much longer and and more people are gonna get ill and die you know and then I start to think you know more negatively again rather than being able to go it will be okay but that's what I mean about this being an ebb and flow thing is that you are because we have to find find a point somewhere in the middle of this is awful and this is fine because neither of I mean this is awful but you know I think it's very useful sometimes to remember that worst case scenarios almost never happen and best case scenarios almost never happen so most of our lives exists somewhere between those two points which isn't to say that things don't get very difficult at times because clearly they do but it's just that when we are in the midst of it when we are metaphorically speaking lying on the bathroom floor <laughs> with our hot face against the cool <laughs> tiles begging for mercy yeah. uh it's <laughs> oh god i'm getting flashbacks lucy no <laughs> it's been a while oh, god, but good god no yeah no it's grim but you know it's important to 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 remember that actually you know that's not a worst case scenario that's just a real that's just in very intense brief mm. unpleasantness and and that things can be okay again and I think it's just that thing about knowing that we are we are going to hit those points where it feels hopeless and trying to hold on to the fact that we will also have points where it doesn't and that there are narratives that are more hopeful and I get what you're saying I mean I think you're right I'm in agreement with you about the New Zealand compared with this country and there's so many different things about you know so New Zealand is different in so very many ways and we will probably have a way longer harder path out than them but I wonder if for you then it's about as well as sort of trying to hold on to hopeful narratives if there's something about connecting with faith for example in a non-religious sense having so how how would you then distinguish faith from hope if you're not thinking about religious faith well I think faith is kind of a broader belief isn't it? Faith is something that's, we all kind of need to have faith in something bigger than ourselves. Mm. Hope tends to be more goal directed, you know? Yeah. I have hopes, plural, about how this is going to pan out and what my life is going to look like, you know, when it gets back to something. Um, So, you know, that isn't just getting dressed up to take the things out. (laughs) In Um, new dresses. So I have hopes. I have hopes that I will wear... I have hopes that I will wear those past the bins. You know, that is very specific. Say your hopes. Hopes. I have hopes. I hope one day I will see you in person and you will be wearing your new earrings. That's a very specific hope. You know, so it's really targeted. It's really precise. Whereas faith is 
bigger. Faith is the thing that holds us. You know, uh, it's like the ground beneath our feet a bit. Um, and we all need to believe in something bigger than ourselves. And it almost doesn't matter where you put your faith. You know, for lots of people, that's a, a religious mm. thing. Um, and if you're not religious, you will probably still have faith in something. And that may be just that the sun rises every day or that, you know, the economy is doing OK or that your job is fine or that, you know, you will have put your faith somewhere. We probably won't have thought mm. about where we've put it, but we will have put it somewhere. I suppose mine's probably more in the shape of a nebulous faith that collectively our, our when I'm thinking about, you know, where we live in the UK, we will get through this. And the collective will of most people is positive and most people want things to be better again and you know and it's hard sometimes to think that when everything looks very fractured and obviously you look at the news and you see lots of you know different people from different uh you know the protests going on and all this kind of stuff and all you see is the conflict that that's going on but actually that you know most of us want the same thing which is a, 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 our lives to continue and the, the the freedoms we enjoyed and we will do whatever we can to get back there as quickly as possible, safely. And I think that's really, really important. There's two really, really important points you've made there. The first is I think that the daily news cycle is not a place to look for faith. <laughs> yeah, <right>? really? <laughs> oh, any, God. any kind of renewal of faith or a place to pay to put your faith don't go to the daily news for that go to it for all kinds of stuff but don't go to it for that um and i think you know the other thing is about the collective aspects of things because i recently found out that all the mathematical modeling that's done around around all of this and and there are different models and they show different outcomes so they you know can't agree but they all build in a percentage for non-compliance okay I don't remember what the percentage was, and I really wish I did, but it's not that high. So basically, all the models, all the behavioural people acknowledge that there will be some non-compliance, but actually most people, the vast majority, will comply and that their compliance is enough to to flatten the curve and to drop the curve dramatically. And that's an extraordinarily faith-filled <laughs> Model. The idea that most people are are decent and uns yes. you know we're unselfish yes. enough. I'm not saying we're all glori gloriously yes. unselfish. We're not. We're all self interested. No. But there's enough yeah, yeah. of the unselfish side of us to kind of do the right thing. Yeah, and that's backed up by you know you don't just have to listen to me sort of wanging on about put your faith in you know collective humanity. But actually, that's that's I'm not just kind of talking out of some Pollyanna-ish urge to see the best in all people although that is something I do have but it's not just coming mm. from there it's there's there is there is quite a lot of backing that actually suggests that that is what we do that we are innately quite collective we are innately quite altruistic and we are innately quite concerned with the well-being of each other and that we are very 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 good at prioritizing that when we need to I think that's a really nice point because it also taps into this whole you know this whole collective thing um and where you put your faith and I've been thinking a lot and I'm sure loads of other people have as well have been about 
where I live and my life where I live because obviously we're only here we've not been able to do whatever we do go to our workplace you know I used to spend a lot of time in central London I miss central London but so I'm just stuck in my local area and one of the things I know very strongly now what I like about where I live um, in North London is the really really strong community that is around here now I know that things will change you know people leave people arrive you know everything ebbs and flows but I one of the things I appreciate so much is the sense of community that currently is is mainly you know uh, remote you know coming through whatsapps or calls or people dropping things off or whatever in better times it's you know seeing people much more face to face spending time going out chatting you know helping each other out with whatever we need and that is something i really value and i knew i valued it but i value it even more now um because i miss it but also because i know how important it is is making me feel good about where i am where i live where we've put down roots and I suppose maybe that's sort of thinking that wider thing of of community and trying to think about ourselves as a bit more of a of a kind of wider uh, country wide community without feeling too like you know yeah. hippy dippy about it because I definitely don't have that sort of like you said Pollyanna-ish aspect. No, and I think you know we we all we're all aware that you know human nature can be can be dark and destructive. That's true, but I think the thing about that is that when we are feeling scared or anxious the dark destructive nature aspect of human nature really dominates our thinking you know when we are sad or alone or fearful we spot the darkness we 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 reinforce it with kind of you know yeah just everybody's out to get what they want and nobody gives a toss about anybody else and all that kind of stuff and actually you know back to kind of this idea about hope and faith that there is a huge amount of supporting evidence you know both in kind of terms of what's been measured but also in front of our eyes about the fact that that may not be the full and only truth and actually you're right that the, one of the things that has been talked about so much with this pandemic is this sense of collective stuff, is this community sense, is this fact that, you know, streets are getting WhatsApp groups up going and, you know, trying to support each other through this. And that probably is beginning to wane now, yeah. that sort of initial urge of we yeah. can get each other through it because everyone's frankly so exhausted. Well, it's easy to talk about the long game when you're not at the end of the, you're not in the middle of the long game. I suppose, you know, that, like we've said, those first few weeks yeah. of, of kind of manic, slightly manic activity to try and make things OK. And and we're now so far through it that you cannot sustain that momentum indefinitely. But it, it would be nice to feel that like the, the, you know, the core bits of that are do remain, don't they? The kind of, you know, people are still helping each other. People are still, you know, understanding that, you know, lockdown might be easing for some businesses and some shops and some people but there's still masses of people who cannot get out or cannot pick up their lives where they were before march still you know that's that's the thing isn't it it's kind of i think that's why it's important to kind of touch on the business of hope and faith because it's i think it's a reminder i think you know it's something we all need to slightly remind ourselves on about and even though the kind of that initial wave of yeah we're all going to get through this has passed 
it's important to remember that came from a very real place. That wasn't just about fear and anxiety. It was a bit about desire to connect in fear and anxiety. And, you know, that desire to connect still exists. It's just much harder to do it now because people are burnt out and exhausted and feeling a bit hopeless. But that need to connect is still there. That And that desire and the capacity to do it is still there. And actually, you know, the power of connection is still there. So, that you know, connecting will still help us. It may not make, it may not take everything away. It may not put everything back to normal. It may not fix everything. It certainly won't do any of those, but it will still help. Yeah, and it will make us feel a bit better. And it will make us feel a bit better and it will remind us of all the important things. And, you know, which I think when it boils down to it, for most people really is each other. And that's why it's in every cheesy TV movie ever made. Because it's true. (laughs) And that's why we love watching these things. Because they're too cliches, cliches, but they're true. Ah. I know, I know. And sometimes we just need a bit of reminding of that. That's all. I think you're right, Lucy. So, just to wrap up, give me your. Tell me what you are able to be hopeful about, and then I'll nick it for myself. (laughs) (laughs) Well, at the moment, I'm hopeful about your capacity for plagiarism, but you know. Uh, well, I think the things that the things that do give me hope are I look at, I like to look at facts. I like to anchor myself in a good measurement. I like a statistic. And I this is I acknowledge that the data gathering is flawed and that statistics are flawed and all of that kind of stuff. And there are also wider trends within statistics that I think are quite revealing and useful. So I look at those. And at the moment, I check the the well, the rather sad figures of death counts. And I look at and I look at the news from Europe. Mm. I, that's that's what I do. And I have to say, I slightly try and filter out some of the worst bits of domestic news. I keep an eye on the headlines, but I don't really dive deeply because it, I don't know, it just doesn't feel very uh, supportive right now. So I look at Europe and I look at a good fact. And I try, you know, and as far as possible in the whole kind of exhaustion of all of this, try and slightly stay in touch with people and remind myself they still exist. Yeah. Because it's easy to lose sight. Yeah. So okay. that's what I do. Is that going to be useful to you, Becky? Do you think that you will can... be? I think, I think I'll, I'll wear, you know, nick that one for myself. Oh, you're welcome. Take it, run with it, give it to other people. Okay. Mm. All right. Well, thanks, Lucy. So welcome. Another brilliant chat. See you next time. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to How to Cope with Becky Howard and Lucy Clyde. If you enjoyed our podcast, please leave a review, like, and subscribe. It makes a huge difference and we really appreciate it. The music is Cold Funk by Kevin McLeod and used under a Creative Commons license. You can follow us on Twitter too at cope underscore podcast. Thanks again and check in soon for the next episode of How to Cope. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? 
Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.